Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast back from the bye week. Uh, there was really no bye week. Um, just dialed it back a little bit, I guess. I didn't go to a game on Sunday. How about that? I watched football all day, I can tell you that much, and I wrote about the Washington football team. I just didn't do a podcast. Uh, That was about it. That was the bye week. How about that? Um, But we are back nonetheless. It just never ends. Uh, And we are brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you uh, by, again, Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDONGUYS and you'll get 20% off your next order. And while you're at it, order me a peanut butter uh, brownie. Oh, 20% off. Mm, Yum, 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 yum. All right, so there you go. There you have that. All right, we are back. I'm I'm half teasing. I hope you could hear me smiling. I just... You know, I complain a lot, but I don't, you know, I mean, this is football. This is football. I'm not going to complain too much about getting to cover uh, a football team, even as uh, weird and as dysfunctional and as nonstop as the one that I cover. Uh, But I'm always happy to be here. All right. So now that we got some business out of the way, here's what we're going to do on this particular episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We are going to hear from Morgan Moses and a little bit from Jonathan Allen uh, from last week. We're going to save Ron Rivera for the next episode because we have a kind of a, a, a weird schedule here where we got to speak to Ron Rivera on Monday morning. Uh, but we don't get any player availability uh, until Wednesday. So we're going to have to kind of stretch some things out for you and let you hear from Ron uh, on the election day, if you will, uh, edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast because he talked a lot of politics. He talked Washington. He talked about local government. He talked about getting out to vote and health care. It wasn't really just a football press conference. If I'm being totally blunt with you, it was some about his cancer recovery and what he's learned and what he's looking for and what he's hoping to get at. So all of that will come. From a news aspect, I think Ron, you know, like, shockingly, he shut down all sorts of rumors and speculation about any possible trades. He wouldn't really comment specifically. I don't know why anybody would expect him to on Ryan Kerrigan, on Ryan Anderson, on Dwayne Haskins, on potentially acquiring anybody. The one little nugget that he gave us, and he mentioned this a couple of times, is that their philosophy is they do not want to acquire a player on an expiring contract. So that would seem to rule out, again, any potential free agents in the... 2021 offseason, meaning upcoming. So a guy like Allen Robinson, not that he would be traded, but he is in the final year of his deal. Um, and there, there you go, right? So that's just one example. Uh, a guy like John Ross the third, who I mentioned several times over the weekend from Cincinnati, speed receiver, former number uh, nine overall pick, been a major disappointment in Cincinnati so far in his NFL career. 
obviously has blazing speed, has some experience, has some high-end return, not going to cost much. It would seem like, based on Ron's words on Monday, that they're not going to go after that type of player. Okay. I mean, I get it. I get it to a large degree. Remember last couple of years ago, Washington thought they were one player away, needed a free safety, went after HaHa Clinton Dix. He was not very good. And then they tried to bring him back, but they were so lukewarm on him that he chose a different one-year offer with the Chicago Bears and eventually got bounced from there because HaHa Clinton Dix wasn't good enough, quite honestly. Um so they made a trade. It cost them a fourth-round pick, I believe, if memory serves. And ultimately, they got nothing really for it. And Ron's point was, and again, you'll hear all this on the next episode. Ron's point was, look, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't work out. But here's the one thing that we're not going to do is we're not going to give away assets, meaning draft picks or potential players that are under our control for rental players. So as long as he's being honest about that, as long as he's being truthful about that, I have no reason to think that he's not. Now, could something change? Absolutely. I mean, people are going to go nuts if he acquires somebody that's an expiring free agent. Well, you said this on Monday. Yeah, he said that on Monday, but circumstances change. Situations change. No situation is exactly the same. No rule is exactly the same. So I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, Here's a quick nutshell, kind of where we're at, 24 hours or so before the deadline. Ryan Kerrigan reportedly wants out. Then he reportedly doesn't want out. Adam Schefter with conflicting reports within the same report. Uh, I've texted Kerrigan. He has not responded. I know others have texted Kerrigan. He has not responded. Uh, I would think that, yes, he is open to moving in the right situation for the right team, uh, either to go back home to the Indianapolis Colts, to go with Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers, maybe to Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think Ryan Kerrigan's interested in moving anywhere. I don't think he's interested in moving to, you know, Detroit, for argument's sake. But I think he would be open to certain situations, which is what I said last week uh, in print and here on the podcast, I'm sure, um, and that is if Ryan wanted to go and you had a desire to potentially trade him because you've already made the decision that he's not coming back next year and you're not going to pay him, then okay, we can work something out. But help Ryan out. Don't just trade him to you know some outpost, uh, some outpost contender that's on the fringe that he doesn't want to go to um, because he's got a young family. He's done everything right. He's been, you know here for 10 years he's he's grinded through he's represented you and done it the right way you give ryan kerrigan that opportunity we will see what happens over the next 24 hours uh the team says apparently they're not trading him i I mean listen i don't know why they would need to trade him uh again what people don't and and we're going to talk about this in a sec what people don't understand is injuries happen all the time in this league, and they're already dealing with a Montez sweat injury, and they've already lost Matt Ioannidis for the year. 
And sure, they have James Smith-Williams, and sure, they have Nate Orchard. Who's better, Ryan Kerrigan, James Smith-Williams, or Nate, Nate Orchard? Now, the other part of this is, you know, again, they would have to find an acquiring team, the proper compensation, and a team that's willing to take back Kerrigan's salary. Because if Washington is going to wind up paying most of his remaining salary, over eight games, nine games, depending on the acquiring team, if Washington is willing to, going to have to hold that back, why would they trade him even further, right? Like, the idea of trading Ryan Kerrigan is, yes, to get something in return for a potential free agent that's leaving because you might not even get a compensation pick. But more importantly, more importantly, it's to save a little bit of salary cap room. It's to create a little bit of flexibility. It's, hey, you know what? We don't have to pay uh, a remaining, uh, you know, whatever it is, $6 million or $5 million for a part-time player that's playing 10 snaps a game. If, if the acquiring team can't take on that salary, doesn't want to take on that salary, and you're stuck holding the bag for the rest of the year for a large part of it, if not an overwhelming or max part of it, why trade him? You're trying to win. This is where he's under contract. So I, I, don't, I don't necessarily blame Washington if they don't want to trade him for A, salary purposes, B, role purposes. Again, I, I, I know Ryan Kerrigan probably wants to play more than 7 or 8, 10, 12 snaps a game. I get it. But there is something to be said for preserving him and keeping him fresh, especially down the stretch here. Nine games left, right? Ryan Kerrigan normally at this point will have, would have played 450 snaps. He's played like 150, right? So he should have a lot more. Now, there's no guarantee that he's going to stay healthy. But he's stayed healthy his entire career before last year. And some would argue that all those snaps, all that wear and tear, led to the injuries last year. Now, I don't know how true that is, concussion, calf. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh, certainly not the concussion. But the point of the matter is, the point of the matter is, he should be a lot better in November and December as a part-time res- positional reserve than normal when he's playing five, six, seven hundred snaps a year, right? That's the whole idea here. And teams have employed this methodology. So I don't have a problem with the role. I don't have a problem with Washington keeping him. I don't have a problem with them saying, hey, look, if we're going to trade him, you got to take on the salary. Otherwise, there's really no potential. Like, there's all sorts of issues here. All sorts of issues. Same thing with Dwayne Haskins. Like, Dwayne Haskins is a prepaid insurance policy that you don't want, right? Who wants insurance? Nobody wants to pay for insurance. Who wants life insurance? Who wants health insurance? Who wants mortgage insurance that you've got to pay for? Auto insurance that you've got to pay for? And in a lot of cases, you don't use. Well, nobody wants that. But you have to kind of accept it, right? It's part of life. You have to have that backup. Well, Dwayne Haskins is a prepaid, heavily paid insurance policy. They don't want him. He doesn't want them. He's not playing anytime soon. He might not even be the backup quarterback if Kyle Allen goes out for a few weeks and has to go on IR. He might not even be the backup. Montez might get that. Steven Montez, not Montez Sweat. But 
the point of the matter is he's already prepaid. He's already paid up. It would cost Washington in excess of $5 million over the next two and a half years to trade Dwayne Haskins under the salary cap. For what? You, you want to give me a sixth-round pick? Get out of here. Get lost. Go fly a kite. I'll keep him. And too bad on him that he wants a fresh start. You know, if he wants a job, if he wants a paycheck, if he wants to be in the NFL, he'll do what he has to do, period. Distraction or no, because Ron will shut it down. You know, Ron will entertain it for about a minute, and that's it. As far as Ryan Anderson goes, listen, he's on an expiring contract. He doesn't have the same cachet, obviously, that Ryan Kerrigan has. If there's a defensive end that you're going to trade, it should be Ryan Anderson, period. I don't think he's coming back long-term. If he is, it's a one-year deal, you know, worth uh, maybe a little bit over the veteran minimum, something like that. Uh, The bottom line is, if there was somebody that I would trade, it would be Ryan Anderson out of those three players that we just discussed. Now, maybe there's somebody else that I'm not thinking of, somebody else on an expiring one-year deal. Um, You know, I don't think Chase Roulier, Brandon Sheriff, or Ronald Darby is going anywhere. Um, But, you know, I can't rule anything out conclusively 100%. All right, that is our opening salvo. A little bit longer than I wanted. Let's hear from Morgan Moses uh, or part of Morgan Moses next. And then we'll finish it up with Jonathan Allen on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell for our friends at Pepsi. That's right. How did you enjoy your ice cold Pepsi or diet Pepsi on Sunday while you were just watching football without having to worry about the Washington football team? And because you don't have the natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents to be on the field yourself. Right, Because fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people ever play professional football. So instead of being able to get into the NFL like the big boys do, you can join another league, the League of Football Watchers. The football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. And again, I watched from my couch yesterday, and for the most part, I mean, nothing is ever easy. For the most part, it was wonderful. I ate poorly. I didn't do exercise. I got a little walk-in. I drank a lot of Diet Pepsi, and I watched a lot of Red Zone. That's what I did, and it was relaxing. And I wrote, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, here's Morgan Moses with us here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Let's hear a little bit from Morgan from uh, last week before the boys got a couple of days off, even though they had to come back and forth uh, to the facility. Let's hear from the veteran right tackle. Hey, Morgan, John Kime. Um, How you doing? Doing great, John. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Um, I was curious what you saw from Antonio Gibson the other day as, like, as a sign of growth and just him and the run game in general. Um, you know, definitely uh, you look at the guy, he's, he's way more decisive when he sees a cut and uh, field, the field is starting to open up for him. You know, there's one thing that 
um, we always talk about is like, hey, if you want coach to, to run more running plays, is that you got to fall forward when you're getting contact and, and get those extra yards. And I think he definitely uh, did that on Sunday. Morgan, what has it been like blocking for, for three different quarterbacks now? What kind of adjustments, if at all, do, do you guys have to make on the line? I mean, uh, <laughs> you're asking somebody that's probably done that probably more than most in his, in his career. So um, I'm kind of used to it. But obviously, when you have good when you have good options at quarterback, that helps a lot as well. So um, I'm just, you know, knowing just knowing the guy and just getting the feel for the guys in, uh, in practice and just being prepared on Sunday. And I guess like like just out of ignorance, like how much of a difference is it like, hey, like this guy might drop here or like like how much of a difference is it? Uh, it's a total difference from all the way from the snap count, how they call it, how they call the, the you know, the, the snap more out, out there on the line from um, from, you know, how fast the ball comes out. The quarterbacks drop, you know, on a five step drop, drop, somebody might drop back seven yards. Somebody might drop back 10 yards. So um, it's just, you know, getting those reps with that guy and just feeling that and feeling the operation out. Thank you. Hey, Morgan, Scott Abraham, ABC7. What have these last couple of days been like? Obviously, this team has gone through a lot. And finally, to have that winning feeling again, uh, victory Monday, you know, going into a week with a win. What's kind of what will that do kind of big picture going forward here? Um, to be honest with you, man, I, I really honestly wish I could just play the Giants now instead of taking this bye week because the momentum is so high and just the, you can feel to the, the togetherness in the locker room. Um, but, um, you know, we, we, we preached about it since since game one is that it's just we have to go out there and play complimentary football when you have the offense that, you know, um, we lose the coin toss. We get the ball first. We go down and drive the ball all the way down to the half inch mark, uh, although we had a turnover. But it showed that, like, look, we can we can we can uh, we can move this ball on this defense. And so we talked about starting fast and we were able to do that. You know, the defense was able to turn around and get a, a, a safety off of that. And then we come down and convert. On a, on a touchdown, um, I think Antonio Gibson ran uh, – it was, I think, a run play to the left, I think it was. He cut back, ran a touchdown. So, you know, you're looking at a, a nine-point game right there. Um, so, I think for, for once we were able to, on all phases of the team, play play together. Morgan, what did you think of Terry's um, kind of post-game speech there in the locker room? And what kind of development have you seen in him over the years? It was uh, the one that went viral, I think. No, no, ex exactly. I mean, honestly, man, um, you know, me and Terry have talked a, a number of times, and I told him, you know, I told him, I said, this was probably about three or four weeks ago, and I told him, I said, Terry, you, you're no longer a younger player no more. Like, you're the best receiver we have. You're our number one guy. Um, and I know that he's a type of guy, he doesn't say much, but he's, you know, he does a lot by how he goes out in practice and how he does, how he carries himself in the building and on the field. Um, but I told him, I said, Terry, we need you to be vocal, man, because as a young receiver group, like they look at you and see how you carry yourself as a football player in and off the on and off the field. Um, but we need you to be that vocal person on that and, and that and that group of receivers. Um, if you feel like things are not going the right way, step up and speak. And so um, I know it was a little bit out of his comfort zone to, to, to stand up and talk in front of everybody. But it was good to see that because uh, he. He, he's that type of player, you know, guys, when he talks, his field play is, is so great and how he carries himself in practice. When that guy opens his mouth um, to speak, you know, everybody will listen. Has he started to do that in other areas since you had that conversation with him, just, you know, being on the practice field or elsewhere? Not definitely. Like, I think he's just, uh, I think, I think he's, he's the perfect example of a young guy 
um, what you want in a young guy who comes in and, and take care of his business. You know, he just, he's a guy that doesn't really laugh that much and play while he's in the building. It's just all work. He comes here with, with a mindset of something to get better, and he does that. You've been here for a little while now. Ron Rivera, when he came in, talked about changing the culture in the building. I'm just wondering what it feels like to be in there on a day-to-day basis and what, what kinds of things you've noticed that he's brought to the building? Um, just, uh, you know, when you, when you have a, when you have, when you have some talented, when you have talented players in period, you know, um, you have a lot of guys that is, a we, I guess you want to call them me players and we don't have that on his team. You know, like Terry obviously is, is, is one of the better receivers in the NFL and, you know, he doesn't he doesn't complain when, when he doesn't get the ball. You know, he still runs his route the, the, the way it needs to be run to, to help other people get open. Um, and I think we I think that's the key, man. It's just the, the the feeling this building is different when you have star players like that that are not arguing about, hey, I didn't get this catch. I didn't get these many catches. I didn't get these many touches, but just operating with, for the best for the team, the betterment of the team. I think the culture starts to change because it becomes not a me, me team, but just, you know, team first. For you personally, you've played through a lot of things, and you know we saw you playing through some stuff again. What what is it that drives you to, to keep going out there week after week, even through injuries? I just don't want to let the guys down, man. I, I you know, I've been playing beside. I've, I've said this a number of times. I know you guys are getting tired of it, but I've been playing beside Brandon Sheriff for six years now or five years now, and um, me and him, we just don't. We, we simply just don't want to let e- each other down. You know, like at the end of the day, like. You know, we have a job to do, and um, whether it's on one leg, two legs, whatever the case is, if, we, if you're able to play, I, you know, I know Brandon's hurting right now with his, you know, coming off the knee injury and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just the push to, I mean, not to let the guys down. You know, if you can be out there, you want to be out there. So, Hey, Morgan, hey Morgan uh, to follow up sort of on some of those, a couple of those last uh, couple questions, um, when you have a guy like Terry, maybe even a guy like Chase Young, young guys who have who are very talented but also seem to have the right attitude, how important is that? Because you can you can have guys who are talented but aren't doing things the right way. How important is that when you really are trying to to turn this around? I think the most important thing is just having young players that understand what it takes to be an NFL player day in and day out. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, I, I've had conversations with Chase since the day he stepped in this door. And I tell you one thing about him. He doesn't have a mindset of a rookie. He's a guy that's been, been seasoned and he's a – I feel like he's a guy that's – three or four years in, in the league already because the knowledge of what you – you can tell him something and he'll, he'll quickly dissect it and he'll come back to you and be like, bro, you're right. And you're just looking at him like, man, like this kid has – he has everything, man. Like not not even just the physical nature of, of a football player but the the mental aspect of the game. He gets it. He understands it. He understands that he's not going to get a sack every play, but he understands that, you know, if the offense the offensive line is sliding to him, that it, it creates opportunities for everybody else. Uh, first of all, uh, how are you feeling from what happened on, on, on Sunday? And then I guess a follow-up to that but separate is what do you think has been the number one key for you guys to be so good on third down the last two weeks? First of all, feeling feeling great. You know, obviously, after playing the game, you can be a little sore and stuff like that. But and obviously, we got the bye week, so take advantage of that and, and get ready for the Giants. Um, but I think the things that we've done successfully on third down have to ha- match with what we've done on first and second down. It's just having more successful play on first and second down so those third downs are, are, are manageable where you can run the ball or you can throw the ball. So, um, when you keep those manageables from three, third and ten to three, third and seven, and you're in that third and five, three, third and four range, um, you, it leaves the playbook open for the offensive coordinator to call pretty much anything he wants to call. All right, once again, that is Morgan Moses meeting with the media for a little while. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com for that. 
as well, we're here to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. They've made the Built Bar even more deliciouser. Did you know that was a word? Uh, it is. I checked it out myself. 18 amazing flavors, nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon, almond, cheesecake, apple, almond, crisp. It sounds very fall-like, right? It sounds very autumn-like when it's cold. You grab a Built Bar uh, and you grab one of their new flavors, like, you know, that I just mentioned, lemon almond cheesecake or apple almond crisp. Oh, mm. 12 original flavors, including all your favorites, German chocolate, peanut butter, mint brownie. That's one of mine. Peanut butter brownie. I tried to tell you, you want to buy me a box? I'll take it. You can get 20% off. How about that? Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get that 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, it is Chris Russell with you as we wrap up the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Pepsi. And Built Bar today. On this particular episode, let's finish it up with a little bit from Jonathan Allen, one of the defensive leaders. What's it, what's been your take on the last uh, two games in particular? What do you think has been for the defense? What what have you guys uh, what has been able to work for you to show some improvement in these last two games? I think you're just seeing the tell of two different stories. You're seeing what can happen as a defense if we play consistent football throughout the four quarters of football and what will happen if uh, we don't, you know. So I think there's a lot of things to build on. There's still a lot of plays that we left out there as a defense. There's a lot of things we have to improve and correct. But, you know, we're going to go into the bye week strong, look at what we got to do to get better and move on to New York. Um, we saw in the in the speech that Terry gave a, after the game, he mentioned how he thought practice had picked up the last uh, week or so. Jack Del Rio said something, essentially the same thing yesterday. Have you noticed – something in the last week or two in practice that that kind of gives you some signs of you know, why this thing is starting to uh, across the board, starting to maybe look a little, look a little better. hundred um, percent. The last two weeks of practice have been a phenomenal. Didn't translate as much uh, to the New York game as it did this game. But I mean, what, what I always want to tell people is one game doesn't define us good or bad. When we lost to the Rams, that game didn't find us when we lost to New York, that game didn't find us. And it goes the same for the Packers or the Cowboys. We played a great game, but that doesn't define who we are as a team. We have to do it consistently. So we had a great game that game, but are we a good enough team to do it consistently enough? And that's when you start to define who you are as a team and who you are as an organization. So we definitely took a step in the right direction, but nobody's satisfied. Nobody's, like, relieved. It's we expect it. We expect to play well every time we test the field, and when we do it, we expect to do it again. Montez Sweat, he's taken a really big leap forward, it seems like, in his second year. What, what have you seen from him that, that's really allowed him to reach his potential? Um, he just works. He works hard day in and day out. I'm not saying anybody else doesn't, but he works hard, and you're seeing it pay off for him on the field. I mean, nothing more besides that. You're just seeing the you're seeing the fruits of his labor. Jonathan, what would you attribute to that improved consistency? I feel like this this week was the probably the first week that our practice habits translated into the game. You know, I felt like for the last two weeks we've been practicing really good, but for whatever reason, didn't really translate on the field against New York. I mean, you got to give them credit. Um, against Dallas, we were able to put four quarters together. You know, we felt like our best half of football up until this point was the second half of Philadelphia. And we felt like we, we, as a defense, we weren't able to put together a complete game. So I feel like for the first time all season, we put together a complete game. 
And you saw what we happen. You saw what happens when we play good football for six minutes. Is, is some of that just the, the natural effect of you had a new coach, you didn't have an off season? Like uh, you know, Ron had kind of told us he, he felt like the first few games were the preseason you guys would have had. That that maybe now is the more natural time when you would have been gelling anyway. Uh, I mean, it's all speculation. I mean, let's be honest. Every team is going through the same thing right now. I don't want that to be an excuse as to why we haven't been playing good football honestly, because every other team is going through it. Every other team is dealing with this, so that's not really an excuse for me. Jonathan, when you when you guys saw um, Terry, you know, kind of stand up in the locker room and say what he, he did, you're considered a leader on this team. What did that mean to you, being that he's not an offensive captain? What do you think it meant to the team to, to see him stand up and, and say what he did and impart that message? It meant a lot. I mean, he, he, he said what everybody believed in their hearts, you know what I mean? So what he said was, I mean, it was true. It was real. It was, it was perfect. I mean, it's definitely something we needed to hear. And it really shows that when we do things the right way, good things happen on the field. But it's about sustained consistency, excellence. And, you know, it, it, we're going to see if we're able to sustain it. I'm confident. I'm happy. We played, a, we played a good game, but that's nowhere near our goal. That's nowhere near where we want to be. And we're going to continue to work from there. The other thing that I had for you was, you know, uh, Jack had talked about emphasizing faster starts and you guys had struggled kind of in the first quarter, first quarter and a half, whatever. Up until this point, you guys were lights out, obviously, in the first half uh, in, in this game. What do you think led to that? It just that good practice week or was there some sort of something that finally clicked in? I don't think there's ever one thing that you can look back on. I think it's a combination of things. We started practice super strong every day, all week. Um, I don't know. I think it was just the perfect storm for us. We were able to come together. We were able to play good football. We had a great week of work. And it was just, that. It's just you know, things kind of worked out for us this game. We worked hard, and you're seeing the fruits of those labors. But, um, I mean, there's still a lot of things we can improve on. Um, it's never as good as we think, and it's never as bad as we think. So we're just going to move forward and see what we can do from here. Honestly, can a win like this carry over to the next game, especially with the week in between with the bye? Um, it definitely you definitely feel good going into the bye week on, on a big win against a divisional opponent. Um, I mean, we have a twenty four hour rule. You look at the win, or you look at the loss. You take what you can from it, improve, see what you can do to get better, and you move on. So our focus is, is now on to New York. I mean, that game's in the past. We did what we had to do, and now we're excited for our next opportunity. Hey, John, how is that transition going for you guys up front with you know using the new techniques? It's going good. I mean, it's definitely different, but it's going good. I mean, there, you definitely see the amount of plays we're able to make. We're allowed to be more aggressive. We're about allowed to control the tempo more. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a change for us, but I'm liking it. We're all liking it. We're just we're just trying to learn things on the fly without the preseason, without the offseason. It was a lot of adjustment for us, but we're starting to get the hang of it. And honestly, it's really fun to play. It's really fun. Hi, and once again, thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. That's a little bit from Jonathan Allen. We're not playing the whole thing. We just want you to get a little taste because we haven't been able to play that on this particular podcast uh, so far. We try and give you a little reaction from the locker room or from the building every day. That's what you can expect from us, plus all the analysis and opinions and news and all of that stuff. So we kind of try and mix and match when we come back with another episode we will hear from ron rivera again a wind ranging 20-ish minute conversation don't know if we'll be able to play it all but the point is we talked about trade deadline we talked about the football team and running the ball and kicking 
And then we talked about election day and voting and politics and cancer survival uh, and all of that stuff. So uh, really interesting conversation. You'll want to hear from the head coach of the Washington football team on the very next episode. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being with us right here on LOWFT. Adios.